It's amazing. That was one of the the biggest things for me was the recovery time because most of the time you it takes you a while to recover because of the buildup of lactic acid or inflammation. You know, like you know, but it's an anti-inflammatory diet. You don't have much lactic acid when you know. It, it build up when you're doing this kind of plant based diet. Like I never had, I never had. Uh, like I was never really sore after workouts. I'm still never really sore after workouts, and I have energy. And um, afterwards, like I could go work out, do a really hard workout, take a break, and I'm like, man, I have some more energy. I can go work out again. Like, yeah. and that's another thing too is that like when you're eating plant based whole foods, it's exactly what you need you know it's not it it, it doesn't take as long for your body to break it down it's easier for your body to digest these foods and then in turn you get the nutrients and it goes to your muscles faster welcome to the eat green make green podcast i'm your host pat mccauley This podcast is all about celebrating the lives of those who have adopted a plant-based or vegan lifestyle and how it has positively impacted their health, relationships, outlook on life, and so much more. For more episodes and information about the benefits of living a plant-based or vegan lifestyle, visit eatgreenmakegreen.com. All right, welcome back or welcome to the Eat Green, Make Green podcast. I got a really great one this week. Um, I sit down with ex-NFL lineman, and food justice activist David Carter, uh, or as many people on social media, especially Instagram, know him as uh, the 300-pound vegan. Uh, I started following David uh, three, four years ago now on Instagram, and he was kind of one of the first guys that I found that was sort of debunking the whole protein thing. Um, You know, when I first was trying to shift to a plant-based diet for health reasons, uh, there just weren't a ton of guys out there that were showing me you could still be manly, you could still have muscle, you could still, you know, n- not only have that, but actually actually get stronger um, and, and still, you know, not sacrifice your biceps and your abs and all that. So he was one of the first people I found and, and has been an inspiration to me. Uh, so this was really cool to connect Uh, We talk about how David went from a meat-eating 300-pound lineman to a much stronger plant-eating 300-pound lineman. So not only was he able to, um, you know, put on weight and keep his weight up as an NFL lineman, but he actually, like some of the numbers he says, like his bench press goes up 100 pounds when he made the switch, you know, inflammation goes down. Uh, Just incredible stuff. A lot of the stuff that I experienced that... Most people, you know, don't believe that you you actually get stronger when you cut out the animal proteins. Uh, then we get into, you know, the myths around protein, uh, how the lack of access to healthy foods in low-income areas actually originated from Jim Crow laws. This was news to me. Um, I guess it just shows you my kind of, <laughs> you know, privileged kind of Caucasian negligence here. Um, I, I didn't know that. Uh, so that was really interesting, uh, how most people, uh, especially African Americans, uh, recent studies have shown that, um, are, are actually, most people are actually lactose intolerant and just don't know it. I would argue all humans are lactose intolerant, but there's actually studies coming out now that are actually showing that, especially in African American communities, um, that are consuming a ton of that. Um, how the top killers of Americans, so heart disease, cancers, diabetes, are all direct results of food. We know that now. Why plant-based diets are gaining popularity in the NFL, um, in other professional sports. So, uh, we've had a ton of NFL guys, uh, even, uh, David's brother on the Redskins, a bunch of Redskins, uh, went vegan this year. A bunch of Titans, you know, Kyrie Irving in the Boston area went vegan. So we talk about how that's gaining uh, popularity for the obvious performance benefits of of doing so. Um, And why a plant-based diet has the power to change the world. Uh, David is an incredible dude. um, And he's just like, like I said, he's just a really big inspiration to athletes out there and and guys, um, you know, men in particular that you know, don't think they can be strong on a plant-based diet um, and showing them that they can actually be stronger 
and that, you know, showing compassion is not, it doesn't make you weak as a guy. Uh, you know, it, it, it makes you stronger. It's a, you know, being a man is showing compassion. Um, so this is an awesome conversation. Um, really excited to, to, to share it. Um, I'll let, uh, David tell the rest here. So without further ado, the 300 pound vegan, David Carter. All right, I'm here with David Carter. We're out at Babson. Uh, we were just talking a little bit here. You're out here for a week-long entrepreneurship program, yeah. um, and, and you got a little a little festival you're looking to launch in the summer. Yeah. Uh, very cool. So, again, thanks for doing this. Oh, man. Um, I'm, I'm fired up to have you and hear your story. And uh, I, uh, you're actually fairly instrumental in kind of my uh, transition to plant-based. Uh, about three and a half years ago, you were one of the, you were one of the first guys I saw that when I was going through the whole, how the hell am I going to get my protein face uh-huh. that like I stumbled upon on Instagram Wow! and, uh, you and like, uh, I found like, uh, Nima, Nima Delgado, okay. uh, a couple other like bigger dudes that, you know, at the time I was, uh, actually working as a personal trainer and was like, you know, ex-athlete right out of college and trying to, you know maintain the physique i wanted and i was just totally questioning all that um but uh yeah man so thanks thanks for being uh you know a, a uh an inspiration yeah you know? well thank you that's a great story i appreciate hearing that man and uh yeah man i'm glad because yeah that was i went through that same thing just trying to figure out like where do i get protein yeah. from and my my person that i looked at was patrick Rabumi and the strongest oh yeah. Man. yeah 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 i saw him and i was like if he can do that in germany yeah you know i can do that i was in dallas at the time mm. i can do that here like, yeah. yeah so that's cool it's always great to but yeah i appreciate that yeah yeah so i want to get i definitely want to <laughs> get back into protein and all that stuff but uh before we do that can we um kind of take it back and get some of your your kind of backstory and maybe maybe life diet lifestyle growing up and then mm-hmm. obviously um you know getting into football and that stuff and and kind of how you ended up you know plant-based and how you ended up uh kind of adopting the lifestyle but yeah if you would just take it back for us and yeah most definitely um so um i just started like this i started out eating meat like everybody else pretty much yeah you know my family even owned a barbecue restaurant uh, we're from the south. Where my family's from the south. I'm from Los Angeles. Yeah. But um, in the barbecue restaurant, I worked there growing up. So it was like, and I was in Los Angeles. But we and so I was just eating like barbecue all the time. And one of my things that I used to say was, I'm allergic to vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like don't put those on my plate. I'm allergic to broccoli. Right? <laughs> and so like my grandparents just used to have to put cheese on my broccoli in order for me to eat it. Like, but um, and uh. And so, and my brother and I, he, my brother plays football too, or he played football, and we're, uh, you know, we played and we competed against each other in absolutely everything sports, grades, school, mm. I, mean, always, I mean, everything like, and eating. So, my parents' grocery bill was ridiculous because we were like, who eats the most? And, you know, and it was crazy. They, we, they used to have to fill up a deep freezer every six months. So it was just like, Frozen meats, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was like really, we were really meat eaters. Yeah. So yeah. you're, you're, are you in LA at this? You're no, right no, now? I live in New York now. All right, but uh, but at this time growing up, I mean, you're in yeah, LA. I'm in, yeah. I'm in, in, in California. Right like in San, LA or the San, outskirts? Or? Just like out, right outside of Los Angeles, yep. San Bernardino. Yep. And uh, but yeah, so um, so anyways. Fast forwarding, you know, the meat and everything, it worked. Eating the meat, it got me to, to be the big size that I wanted to be to play the game of football. You know, I was 300. By the, by the time I got into the league, NFL, I was 300 pounds. And I was, you know, playing nose tackle. And I was strong and all of that stuff. But by the time I was 23, a few years into my career, or 24, I was already having high blood pressure, tendonitis. Uh, I was on blood pressure medication. Uh, painkillers like anti-inflammatories, naproxen, Celebrex, uh, and like a lot of stuff. Like, and there was like, you know, there's like, man, I felt like I was an old man already yeah. at 23 years old, and like dealing with old man illnesses like tendonitis and high blood pressure, high blood pressure medication. We're like, this is crazy. I'm an NFL athlete, mm. you know, 
one of like kids look up to me as like as an athlete, you know, it's like something that they want to be. And it's like, how mm. can I be something that they want to be when I'm about to when I'm taking medication, like high blood pressure medications and or like like I feel like somebody is take like the tendonitis was so bad that I felt like somebody took a knife and just stabbed me in the elbow and twist the knife around just, you know, and it just felt so bad. Like it was hard to do push ups or bench press or and to play. And um so, but um, I was married at the time, and when I was, uh, my she was vegan. My ex-wife, she was vegan, yeah. And she was for a long time. She was like, "You should try and go vegan. You should try and go vegan." I'm like, "Nah, I'm gonna be small. I'm gonna be skinny. Yeah. I'm like, you know, like, yeah, like, right. Come on, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> get that out of here, man. I'm trying. I ain't trying to be vegan. And um, but I and I was like, and I was dealing with the tendonitis and taking all the the pain medication and stuff. Like, I didn't want to take it, but it was like sometimes it's so painful. Right, just because you're playing and you have to play, mm. you like you got to play through the pain. And so, but um, uh, I was watching the doc and I was and then I was like, oh, I have tendonitis really bad, and I was like, all right, so how am I going to do this? And my process at the time was I'm gonna build muscle and gain muscle, so I'm eating more meat and build muscle around the you know and strengthen the joints as much as I can, mm. and you know fish oil, krill oil, this all that and the other. And then I and then uh, it was February 14th, and it was the uh, if the 13th, February 13th, and going into, you know, we're sitting down, we watched the Forks Over Knives documentary. Mm. And the part where, in the documentary just changed my life. Is that The part where it said, um, animal products send your body into an instant state of inflammation. And it broke down tendonitis. And when you break down tendonitis, tendon means joint. And itis is Latin for inflammation. Mm-hmm. So the one of the, the the things that I was dealing with the most that was causing most of my pain, most of my problems, was the tendonitis. So I was like, wow, I'm literally feeding my own illnesses. Mm-hmm. And at that point, and I was drinking a milkshake at the same time I was watching this documentary, and I was just like, wow. I just went and poured the milkshake down the drain, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, all right, I'm done with this shit. Yeah. And then... Um, uh, emptied out the refrigerator, took all the meat, put it in a trash can, and start you know taking the trash out. And, and my she, was, she my wife she was like, or she was like at the time she was like, uh, she was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm <laughs> going vegan. And she was like, right now. And I'm like, yeah, I'm doing it. Like it's and like yeah. forget it. Like, but at this time, like at, while I was getting the information, I skipped a step. While I was getting information, I was looking online and, like I said, looking at the plant built team, looking at Patrick, the strongest uh, man in in Germany, he's vegan, and all these other people who were bodybuilding, like Dos Thompson and and uh, Vegan Dread and all these guys. Mm. And and I was just like, okay, I was like, and they're not exactly three hundred pounds, but if they can do it, I can do it. it yeah, can, yeah, you know. And so I just we started reaching out to dietitians and all of that, and got information from them, like how many calories, like, uh, like in the first month, I just went vegan, and I was like, I'm just going to eat as much as I can, and you know, starting to get some get meal plans and put my put some meal plans together, and then in the first month, I lost forty pounds in in like a month, month and a half. Right, but I was stronger. My bench press, I went yeah. from three hundred five to two sixty five. My mm-hmm. bench press has shot up to four to four sixty five from three fifteen. Mm. For five, three fifteen <laughs> to four sixty five. I was doing three fifteen for five, so it, was, yeah, yeah. it wasn't exactly three fifteen. So it was probably like three three fifty, yeah, whatever. But it was still shot up more than hundred pounds, yeah. right? And then. Um, um, like I was, you know, my endurance was better. I had, I was just sleeping better. The tendonitis pain just dissipated like within a few weeks of going plant-based. Uh, I mean, everything's better. I had abs. I ain't never had abs before, mm. before then. And, and so like, and then I just, uh, started and then I started reaching out to dietitians and trying to figure out what's the best way to do it. And they were like, well, you need to do 10,000, eight to 10,000 calories a day. So I started doing eight to 10,000 calories a day and really doing like dense foods, like a lot of grains, like quinoa, uh, couscous, kamut, um, amaranth, um, just doing everything and being very creative with it. I was doing like uh, bean smoothies. Like yeah. that was a, I, I wrote about it and I was just taking like fruit and canna lily beans because they're, they're, they're white beans and they don't have much flavor to them. And, you know, you can kind of hide them and mask them with the fruit. And so I put dates and stuff in there and it was like, uh, I was making like fruit smoothies with 
30, 40 grams of protein and 300 calories and, and 40 carbohydrate, uh, 40 grams of carbs, or, you know, and it was, and I was just putting my weight, putting the weight on, putting the weight on like that. And, um, and it worked out and I got my weight back up to 320 pounds on a plant-based diet. Mm. And I was just, you know, I didn't have a lot of body fat. I wasn't like a fat chubby 300 pounds. Like I was just big, like 320 pounds, just a big guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then went back and played again. So. And now, you know, uh, I got hurt, but now I'm retired and I do a, I do public speaking about healthy eating and, you know, have to take a life to gain muscle. That's where I started out doing, you know, it was like, you know, you don't have to take a life to gain muscle. You know, this is there's alternatives. You know, these are the health implications of eating a, a meat laden diet, you know, heavy meat diets and things like that. And um while I, and I was speaking at universities across the country and, and internationally about it, right? Mm. And then I started, but then after, and then at one of my presentations, somebody stood up and was like, you know, hey, that's all great and dandy. Everything's all fine and dandy that you eat healthy like that. But in the communities where we live, you know, they don't have access this food, it. yeah, access to these foods. <clears throat> and it was like, <sighs> I know that because I'm from these communities, mm. but I wasn't speaking to it at the time. Mm. And I, so I changed. I started, you know, I already had a lot of this information because, like I said, I grew up in these communities. I grew up in South Central Los Angeles. And, like, and so I, would I, so I just turned my attention to that. I started at um, Baltimore, and which is one of the most, you know, it's like it, it's just not the best area a lot of, for a lot of reasons. Like the, the there's definitely a food uh uh, food deserts there, you know, like mm, food, yeah. there's some, you know, no food in, 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 in the metropolitan areas, the urban areas and, and started speaking to that and, and, and really understood the history of it. And, and now I speak on that, I'm speaking at Harvard on March 1st about oppression in the food systems. Mm. And a lot of people are just unaware of the history of our food system. And it's like, um, but they but they participate in it and they allow it to you know that's how they get their food every day they don't think twice about it yeah our food system is is been is created from Jim Crow and for a lot of people who don't know what Jim Crow is is when you know they used to say like blacks only restrooms or whites only re- or we don't serve we we don't serve blacks Mexicans and dogs here at this restaurant like mm. that's how they what well, that's how they labeled it right and they would put these signs up everywhere and um. And that was that was in the you know eighteen and eighteen hundreds and in nineteen we have a, a what we have now currently we have the uh, we have the red zoning laws which the red zoning ordinances which determine how uh, resources are allocated throughout communities, but originally in nineteen ten they were called Negro zoning ordinances or Negro zoning laws because once again these things are they stem from Jim Crow laws. And in 1917, they were deemed unconstitutional, and they renamed it to racial zoning laws. And in 1930, they deemed it unconstitutional again and named it uh, red zoning ordinances. And but they never changed anything about the law in itself. Yeah. They, so, so what does it actually say? Like certain. It says that certain like food establishments can be in this area, or right. what, what does it actually say? Yeah. Exactly. So, like the way that food is distributed is. Like, for example, where I started doing it was in Baltimore. So John Hopkins University is actually the place where this actually started. The the uh, the red zoning, or I mean the ordinances, these these zoning laws, it started over at Johns Hopkins. And the thing was, by the hospital or the affluent areas, they are not they don't allow uh, fast food companies or or you know they like that's how. All right, so. I mean, they have the yeah. tier four. Tier there's four tiers: one, two, three, and four. The first tier mm. would be the affluent areas. The second tier would be more like the where it, the area starts. The, oh shit! The area starts like, to the yeah, tier, upper middle class. Yeah, upper middle yeah. class. You know, middle class. You know, lower class. Yeah. So it's basically like a you know a tier system, and that's how the food was uh, was uh, out, the resources are allocated. Like mm. you know, like the cleaning of the communities or the quality of housing or, you know, things like that. And so that's how the food is uh, distributed. And that's how you can see now is that's how fast food restaurants are uh, are placed in these communities and grocery stores are placed in these yeah, communities. Yeah, there's no Whole Foods in the place you're describing in Baltimore. Right. right? I mean, exactly. Right. 
there's no Whole Foods yeah. there, but there when they call them food deserts, but it's not like there's a desert of you know there's food there. There's plenty of food. It's all fast food it's and all, crap. It's all fast food and yeah. crap, exactly. And so it's technically it's not a food desert. It's it's like somebody create. It's a systematically underserved area. It's mm. being served. It's being served, but it's being served with the wrong foods. And it made me think like, you know, like how did this happen? And this happened after the '60s and the riot. The president at the time was like, oh, you know, there was the, the riots in the 60s that scaled across the country. And, and they were, the government goes, the president goes, oh, we need to put jobs in these communities. We need to put jobs and food and resources in these communities. So what they did was they gave franchise loans to organizations or, or to, to these companies, fast food companies and liquor stores simultaneously and, and put those, they gave these, and put these businesses in these urban areas as like a solution to, you know, give them jobs and give them food and opportunity and stuff like that, right? Wow, yeah. And, but you chose liquor stores and fast food, right? Like, those are the two, those are, that's, that's liquor yeah. and liquor yeah. and fat. There's a lot of other ways to generate jobs, right? <laughs> right, like, come on, yeah. man, really? So, yeah. and that's like, that's like no different than, uh, you know, that's like, yeah, we're trying to do you a favor, but that's like Christopher Columbus giving the blankets to the Native Americans. Like, mm. it's like, you know, like, it's like stabbing you in the back. You know, all, it's you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, totally, totally. And, and the thing is, and speaking of Christopher Columbus, it's like, um, you know, people of color don't, don't even eat or, or not even, you know, we're all, for the most part, okay, there's a study by Dr. Milton Mills. Who's a phys- he's that works at the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, yep. and he's out of he's based out of Virginia, and um, but he he did a study showing that seventy five to one hundred percent of people of color are lactose intolerant, mm. and you know and and you could see like all the re- all the companies that I you know the fast food restaurants liquor stores all of these foods are you know the number one purchaser of these of these uh, products of animal products in the world dairy products eggs meat yeah. products are fast food companies and it's like so you're so they're funneling animal products dairy products into these communities and it's like you know you gotta and, and you have to think like and it's like yeah it's history and it's like a messed up system but it's a deeper level than that too and it goes it's like the system that we're living in, people are not really aware of it. Yeah, for sure. They're not aware of it, but it's like, it's, um, you know, if, if we don't do anything about it, then we're complicit, then we're complicit, you Mm. know, like we're, we're, we are allowing it to happen. It's like, if you, if you see somebody kill somebody or beating somebody up or you don't say anything about it or robbing somebody and you don't say anything about it, then you're now a part of that crime because you allowed it to happen and you didn't do anything. Like we're we're allowing we're allowing like like you can see how the communities are separated and you're like oh, I'm gonna just go to this grocery store and buy this over here this Whole Foods anyway I gotta go to the nicer area to go to Whole Foods yeah, yeah. like you're you're by not saying anything about it or or doing anything or demanding any kind of change we are you know we're yeah. we are a part of the problem yeah that's interesting and. Yeah, I get, and I'm negligent on that as well. Like this, what you're saying, I, I mean, I certainly have a idea that, you know, that's where fast food restaurants go. That's where, you know, in, in lower income places, Whole Foods mm-hmm. and upscale restaurants go in, you know, more affluent places, right? I mean, I had an idea of that, but I didn't know it like had a, had a history like that. That's, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, you have a similar, not not similar, I shouldn't say, but, um, in terms of the health, a similar story to me in that, uh, with the joint pain, with the knee pain, like I find, you know, I found myself at 25 years old, waking up, couldn't tie my shoes, you know, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't eating unhealthy or, Mm -hmm. or what, you know, the normal person would define as unhealthy. I was eating, you know, what I thought was lean meats. I was, Mm -hmm. you know, high protein, low carb guy, right. Mm -hmm. Trying to maintain kind of like, the the physique I had in college, right, and then yeah, same same with you. You know, you cut that out. You, you know, I kind of stumbled backwards into a plant based diet, and just all that stuff went away. And, and health issues I had since I was three years old, asthma, allergies, skin issues, uh, you know, it just went away. And 
how I kind of got into all this was that nobody ever gave me that option, right? Mm-hmm. I was always given the cream, the inhaler, the EpiPen, the right. the band aid, the, the band aid instead of instead of hey, you you don't have to; it's your choice. But there is this other option over here, right. you know, changing what you, what you're eating and doing every day mm-hmm. that that might help. You know, mm-hmm. for a lot of people, it does. Mm-hmm. And you know, the the reason I kind of started the podcast and, and the brand is just to spread that message that hey, there's a you know, and, and you start looking at things in all, all sorts of different ways. ways and, and you start yeah. seeing all the like extra shit that's on there. It doesn't even need to be there. Yeah. When when you, we can just have the natural solution, which is eating healthy instead of the, you know, the acne medication or yeah. or this or that or the light bulb, the mm. lip the lip band or whatever, all yeah. this stuff. It's and it like, goes and it goes all the way up to you know. The things that are are killing people, you know, the Literally. cancer, the heart disease, right. the diabetes. Like these it's not the just CDCs. these normal allergies, asthma stuff. It's it's all the way up the chain, which these is are, like crazy. Right. The number one, yeah. uh, the CDC's number one causes of death are heart disease, stroke, diabetes, um, cancer, uh, and all of these are atherosclerosis. All these are are. are food-related illnesses, and they've yeah. been linked by Harvard. You know, these are really prestigious universities. These are yeah. Ivy League. These are like, I mean, who else? Okay, who else are you wanting to do these studies? <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. else does it take? Yeah. It, you know, and it, but it just shows how, you know, just lobbying and all of that stuff and, and corporations, you know, these companies, are, you know, they got their hooks in and what's going on, yeah. information, misinformation. A lot of people are misinformed. Yeah. Uh, for example... Milk just by like people take advertisements as fact, mm-hmm. you know, or marketing campaigns as fact. Like f- milk does a body good. Like the FDA made it illegal for uh, for the milk industry to market milk does a body good or milk has calcium this and the other because it doesn't. It it has. I mean, it has. It, it the milk doesn't do a body good. One that's mm. illegal. It's been proven to be one of the most toxic things and that you can put into the human body and. It has calcium. It's not the right kind of calcium, and because milk is toxic, uh, um, it leaches the calcium from our bones because our it, our bodies read it as toxic, and the it, it, the calcium neutralizes the acidity and the toxicity of the of the dairy product. Not to mention, milk is like. I don't know how many billions of parts pus now, which is crazy. And when you think about it, like you were talking about acne, what are what what is in your your pimples? Mm. Pus. Yeah. And we're and we're drinking all this milk and shit, and we're wondering why we have all these acne <clears throat> problems. Yeah. You're putting pus into your body. I tell people that all the time. Yeah. You know, you are what you eat, man. Like, and you eat, and people are wondering, like, I'm I'm eating healthier, I'm eating leaner, and, but why am I getting fat? Well, fool, you eat an animal fat, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and it's going into exactly. your body, and then our bodies can't break it down. And that's like when they do uh, liposuction or when they do autopsies on people, and they can suck the fat out of them, put the fat under a microscope, they can tell what kind of um, animals you eat, what kind of food you eat, because the animal fat doesn't break down. It mm-hmm. just it just goes and is stored, you know, in uh, in in like your love handle or your yeah. Your your ass. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. So. It's crazy. Yeah, man. So to so to shift gears a little bit, obviously, um, you know, y- y- so how many years ago is this that you um kind of stumbled upon plant based? It's been five years. Five so years, six yeah. Years? So yeah. outside of kind of the health benefits and ob- the obvious kind of health benefits that you experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know you're big into the, the big picture now, right? You're, mm-hmm. in, you know, into animal rights. You're into like all the other things that come with veganism outside of a plant-based diet. So outside of just the health, like how has it kind of changed your way of thinking? And um, can we get into kind of the other aspects a little bit? Yeah, man. Um, you know, you think about it. And you you look at everything as as one now, like you know, like why do we need to eat animals? You, you see it like, like I went vegan for health reasons initially. Mm. I went vegan for health reasons, and like I used to have like the leather shoes, bag, you know, like yeah. bag of the car seat, leather car seat, all of that stuff. And then when I went vegan, I was like, you know, like I don't need this. It's kind of gross, like. Mm. like you know, like when I started real, like watching the videos and stuff, and realizing, like, wow, look at all the pain behind the product that I'm purchasing. Right? Mm. You know, and and so 
and when I was like, I was getting in my car and then I turned on the seat heater and I'm just thinking like, wow, I'm just heating up this cow skin on my ass. And this isn't like, this is kind of gross now. Like it's yeah. gross, yeah. you know, like, and, um, and like washing my hands and you wash your hands and the soap that you would use and you're washing your hands to clean your hands, but it has uh, glycerin in it and glycerin is made of animal boiled, you know, like animal yeah. So it's like it's everywhere. Yeah. So it's, it's like everywhere. that's so it's like man, like this is disgusting. Like I'm, I want to clean my hands. I don't want to put dead animal parts on my hands to mm. clean them. Like that's not clean to me. Mm. That's not clean. It's not a no. So it made me think of like all the the. It made me see like it was pointless to like why we were using it and and like the pain behind it and it's like it's just not necessary. And so. Yeah, and and it's like it's it's killing the planet. Uh, these a- animals have like if you look at it, you we you have to be inclusive. We have to be, you know, uh, ahimsa. Like this is everybody has to be okay, right? And you look at that the and you look at animals, and just because we don't speak their same language or whatever, you can't treat them differently. Like they have family dynamics. Mm. They have language. They speak to each other. You know, when they see one of them die then they go run to or get hurt they go run and take care of them or see if they're okay like like you can't take you can't be ignorant to that because you don't understand yeah you you don't understand the language yeah you can see it you can feel it you can see that you see what they're doing you see that they have family dynamics and they have feelings and Mm -hmm. you you don't want to selfishly go over and 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 kill that animal just to please your taste buds Mm. how selfish is that Mm. and then think about it too it's like is it really to please your taste buds because nobody wants to eat a piece of chicken that don't taste like nothing and you cook it in this bland and don't taste like shit. You're like, oh, that's gross, mm. you know. But when you, you know, only people eat a piece of chicken or something or a steak, even whatever. You have to season it properly. Put something on it to make it taste yeah, good. With plants, you got to season it with herbs. Right, right. You season it with herbs. <laughs> yeah. Not you're not seasoning it with other meat. Like yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. like like so. It, it it's. You know, it's but what's what's happening now is you know it's the age of information and it's the shift, you mm. know, mental shift, and people are vibrating on a level like and it's like like I said, man, the leading cause of death in the world are all food related illnesses, and this is according to the CDC Center for Disease Control. It's like ten of them, the top ten, and seven of them are like six or seven of them are the top leading killers, and like. And look at this. And, and it's like people are starting to realize that, you know, these doctors don't know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you go to school for 10 years and you take less than four hours of nutrition study. Yeah. What the hell are you learning yeah. in there? I, I've had some doctors on and they don't know what the hell insane, they're talking about. Man. Yeah. They like one of them, one of them just got out of, uh, he was in his residency, had just gone through Harvard Medical School this past year. Uh-huh. He had one nutrition class uh-huh. and it was all about getting adequate protein. Right. They're still teaching that at Harvard Medical School because you have to see who's insane, funding, man. who's funding this, exactly. in, this, this, exactly. these school, this information. That's why they don't teach nutrition in schools yeah. because if they were to teach nutrition in schools, everybody would know that you know that eating healthy. I mean, you just go back to Hippocrates and you know, let let that food be thy medicine. You know, it's no secret that they call all of these diseases Western diseases because we're eating the Western mm. diet, you know. And we're, and so um, and what I was going to say is uh, back to these cardiologists is that they don't know what the hell they're talking about and going, you know, going to school for 10 years, going to essentially if you're going to school for 10 years, you're not learning about about how to feed your body to to be better then you're going to learn how to sell drugs to people to to mask their whatever their illnesses are and and it's not to live a healthier life because if they knew how to if these doctors knew better if these doctors knew the answer then they would be living longer the average the 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 leading cause of death for cardiologists is heart attacks mm-hmm. yeah and the other in the on the healthcare front the other problem is that it's it's set up to people only make money when people are sick terminally right right the longer somebody's sick the longer somebody's medicated the more money everybody makes from the doctor to the insurance company to the pharmaceutical company it's this big circle of just 
you know, keep them sick and uh, until and they, they and medicated until they die. Right, and that's yeah. why. They, and then the the doctors go to, or the pharmaceutical industries go to, is well, you people are living longer with with modern medicine, and it's like, all right, they're living longer, but what's the quality of their life? Mm-hmm. Or they're yeah. taking seventeen <clears throat> pills a day. Three of them have. Um, ridiculous side effects that <laughs> like death and yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and like just craziness like yeah. you're seeing stuff like all kind of stuff like you like what are the what other consequences come with with these with yeah. these medicines or with this medical plan that you guys are that you guys have us on yeah for mm-hmm. sure yeah so question for you did mm-hmm. it take for me it took changing what i had on my plate and getting to a healthy spot personally mm-hmm. and uh, being at a good place with myself to be able to open up to all this other stuff, to to the animals, right? How can I love an animal if I don't love myself? How, how, can, how can I see through kind of the madness of, of the way things are set up if I'm not, you know, at a good place myself? Mm-hmm. Um, did you find that that happened with you? Like, did you have to get to a certain place with not putting whatever you want to call it, that energy or, or the, you know, a- animals in you to, you know, make the connections to other stuff? I mean, yeah. I mean, it definitely opened up a lot for me because it, it it brought me to a level of awareness that I wasn't at before. Mm. You know, uh, like you said, awareness of myself, like I need to love myself better. Because I wasn't loving myself like I should have. Because I wasn't feeding myself like I should have. Yeah. Like, that's part of it, you know. And, uh, but through that, I also learned, you know, like, like yeah, just to be more aware and and how to be more inclusive and, and care about other people, you know, more, you know. Yeah. So, it's a lot. It's a definitely spiritual lift that you get from from going plant-based. Because you, you definitely go through a lot of discovery, a lot of self-discovery. You feel you feel differently. You feel a lot different spiritually. You can feel it because it's like hey, you think about. It, I tell this to people all the time. It's like we're vibrational beings, right? Yeah. We're all vib- no, you sound like a crazy hippie now, dude. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> I know. Hippie. No, yeah. I know. We're vibrational. No, no, beings. no. I'm, I'm joking. Yeah, a lot, yeah. I know, but watch it. Watch this, bro. <laughs> right. I want to. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear it explained. Yeah. yeah. Watch this. So. <laughs> We're vibrational beings, and that right, you know, then you hear that in like Rasta music or vibrations, you yeah. know, all of that stuff, and and you think about it, and it's like when you when you get scared, you know, your heart starts vibrating, you start heart starts pounding, you get the you start shaking, you, shake, you know, yeah. you get the the cortisone running through your body, all you know, you have all of those and and you know. Hormones running, you have the fear, the fear of hormones, all this stuff running through your body, chemicals, and that stuff ha- that that happens like if someone were to like try to punch you or you're in a life and death situation or something. That's what happens to humans. Yeah, and that same thing happens to animals, right? So when they're about to die, like you watch the videos on like PETA or whoever who has a Mercy for Animals, all these organizations, HSUS, they all have them, and you can see how. The animals are crying or they're like or they're trapped and they're like trying to get out or trying to back up or they can hear the other animal in there being slaughtered or they can see them being slaughtered or they're hanging upside down and they're looking at all the dead cows around them or whatever. Like these are some crazy ass situations to be in. And imagine the fear that that animal is going through and the crazy chemicals of fear, chemicals of fear that are running through their body that are natural these are vibrational yeah. and, and and cause you to vibrate at a certain frequency or you know feel some kind of like you know feel that fear these chemicals are dispersed throughout the body and they become an ingredient of that animal mm-hmm. and then you take that and then you eat it and then it becomes a part of you mm-hmm. like and so like you like like that's why even like that's why like that's why I always go back. Like it's it's a vibrational being, and that that you have to we have to think of it that way. Like even if you're not spiritual, like there's some scientific, like yo, you're eating all of those fear chemicals that naturally come out. You know, they come out of those. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Yeah, and people people are like, oh no, it's organic. It's 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 grass fed. It's non GMO. And it's like, I don't care what it is. Like you're mm-hmm. you you are still consuming 
exactly what you said. Fear. You're still consuming the fear, the anxiety, the right. the years of, of, you know, depression and things like right. that. And, right. uh, yeah, there's no way in, in going back to you saying spiritual, 100% was spiritual for me. I don't talk about it a ton because it's not approachable to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it, 100% a, a spiritual thing. And I am not, was not spiritual before. And... Yeah, man, as something happens to you and you just, yeah, I mean, it's spiritual. And it, from there, you know, kind of classic to the average person listening, it sounds crazy, but then you you kind of, like, I found yoga, I found meditation, right? It leads you into those and gives you an those other, space. yeah. Like, imagine, yeah. like, people are stressed out. People are taking antidepressants and all of that stuff, right? Just to get through the day. Imagine if you took... The chemical, fear chemical that's in your food, because if you're getting, if that, that animal's dying, that chemical, that cortisol, whatever, all, or not whatever it is, is in the system, you're eating it. It's causing you to feel that way. Whatever yeah. that animal's feeling is causing you is going to be in there. So it's like, you know, it, you definitely feel a change. That's why when people go plant-based, they start sleeping better. Mm-hmm. You know, they start, they're more calm, they're happier, and more mm-hmm. energy, all kind of stuff. You know, when you eat, you don't feel as heavy. I mean, that's I mean, that's something that's your body having to break that down. But there's a lot of, it's just a lot of benefits to yeah. the plant-based lifestyle, and it's it's and it's and it's uh, it's never ending. To yeah, feel so totally, totally. Yeah, so there's there's definitely like. I kind of live in this world, and I know you do somewhat. Mm-hmm. Like, there definitely, it definitely feels like there's a ton of uh, momentum, and people are, you know, becoming awakened to this. I think, like, uh, a certain aspect of that for me that I feel it's so strong is that I do see it every day. Like, I scroll my Instagram feed; it's mm-hmm. all I see. I scroll Facebook; I, I see like vegan articles, you know. So it looks very much like to me that it's growing, and I know it is growing. Um, but even this year, like a bunch of NFL guys, like a bunch yeah. of guys on the Redskins and Titans, I know. And then like, yeah. you know, in, in the Boston area, you had Kyrie Irving coming out and, uh, yeah. just cool stuff. So can you speak on kind of that? And do you think it's going to, you know, over the next couple of years, really take off in, in professional sports? Yeah. Um, my brother played for the Redskins. Oh yeah? yeah, yeah. He actually texted me this year. He was like, "Bro, after the, what the, <laughs> after the what the hell documentary, bro, you got my whole O line going vegan <laughs> over here, man." I was like, "That's what's up, man." <laughs> but it, but um, yeah, you know, a lot of players are making the switch because a lot of players are having health issues too. Mm. You know, it's a it's a sport where you want to be at your optimal level. You want to play at your optimal level, and a lot of players are having health issues. Like the average age of death from the NFL is fifty-three years of age. Oof. So players are, you know, they're worried about. They know that they're they're seeing these things. They're seeing their players dying of early ages. You know, the 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 size of NFL players is, increases a few pounds every year. You Still. Know? So yeah, I yeah, remember well, in the in the in the early two thousands and like late nineteen nineteen nineties. The heaviest player was like three hundred and some three hundred pounds. Yeah. Now the heaviest player is three sixty. Jesus. So yeah. it's like the, it's, it increases. Yeah. A lot every year, and so, uh, and you know that takes a toll. That plays that that does that takes toll on the body, and you know it it, it causes you to be injured more, or, or you know like the ligaments are still the the muscles increase, but the ligaments and the joints and everything are the same size. Mm. So you. you so, uh, but yeah, so a lot of players are making that switch to go back because like the rest of the world, everybody's going green, everybody's getting healthier. So this is an, this is a way to do that and to be able to do it. And it's not like you're going to be weak because the strongest animals, biggest animals in the world are vegan mm-hmm. or, or plant-based. Elephant, gorilla, rhino, <clears throat> horse, you know, the, the list goes on and on. Even the largest dinosaurs are plant-based. Mm-hmm. So... People get that now, and it's like you can you can do it, and uh, you know, like even like like you said, Kyrie Irving, he's vegan, you know, like he's balling. Yeah, so he's he's one of the best players in the league. Yeah, yeah. he's balling right. Yeah, so but yeah, so and, and and other and people are seeing it. It's not just the players that need that that are looking for this, but it's people in general because the average age of death for for 
you know, just regular people is 63. Mm. So it's not too far off. Mm. So, and like, everyone's having heart attacks early ages, 50 year people are getting diabetes has increased tremendously. One in three children are diabetic, you know, and what comes with diabetes, people are getting arms chopped off and little kids are having heart attacks. It used to be diabetes. Now it's early onset diabetes. Like, mm-hmm. kids never, you know, like, so people are seeing it. And it's now creating a demand. Yeah. You know, because there's supply the illness by feeding all people the food. Now there's a demand for health. Mm. So. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's cool. Like this year specifically seeing like, at least in the Boston area, like you have, we've had like Brady for a few years. Yeah, he's eating, vegan too. Eating, you he's, know, close to vegan. He has a vegan protein line out. Did you know that? Does he have a vegan? I know. But he also sells whey. Too, uh, yeah, right, which is right, kind of right. sucks, but yeah, yeah, but no, he totally like he has the the purple carrot meals um, mm. around here. I don't know if you know them, uh, and uh, he has like meal delivery service, yeah. but they're TB twelve meals and they're all vegan. And uh, so we've had him for a while, but when it comes to the protein question mm-hmm. for like the bigger guys, right, right. for uh, the linemen and the linebackers and, and kind of the big professional guys, right. Right, like everybody kind of dismissed. Oh, it's Brady, you know, he's just right. like he's lanky dude. Anyway, he's a quarterback. He can right. eat that way, right? But now too. seeing he's a great quarterback, though. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> right. But now seeing like <clears throat> guys like yourself and other guys this year, uh, it's cool. And it hopefully, you know, I know in in the town I live, south of Boston, I got all kinds of messages from you know high school football players and and mm-hmm. and basketball guys after seeing Kyrie go, be like, dude, tell me more about this and. That's cool. When, when it starts getting into athletes and it gets into hip hop, like that's when I feel like it really, it's you know, yeah, it takes off with the younger generation too. Uh, so it's just cool to see. Uh, so on, on the protein front, um, for those that, you know, are listening and they're, you know, toying with plant-based or they, they don't quite buy into the whole protein thing yet, can you like walk us through? What do you weigh now? Right now I'm like 260, 260. 260, yeah, yeah. So, but big dude, like, you know, shredded up. Like, you're not, uh, you know, you're doing great, right? Yeah, right? So, can you walk us through, like, for, for those that want to know, like, your typical, like, day eating? My typical day eating, I've been, I've been traveling a lot as of late. So, I try to eat whenever I can. Like, uh, I'll have a big breakfast, like, an oatmeal with, like, nuts or seeds or something like that bananas um oatmeal is great i like it because it's a constant because it sticks to your it sticks to your ribs yeah you know? it's delicious too and, yeah and you could do whatever yeah. you want with it um or, or some kind of like grain cereal or something mm-hmm. like that with fresh fruit um and dates mm. dates are amazing dates give you energy they, they, high calorie they're high calories yeah. glucose glucose is your brains and your muscles first for a source of fuel so i like that for the morning times uh, afternoon, I'll eat. Uh, I'll probably eat two or two times in the afternoon, like a snack and a lunch. I mean, I I keep it. Try to keep it like around the whole day, probably like around three thousand calories, four thousand calories now, because I'm not trying to yeah be super <clears throat> big like I used yeah. to. And now, are you actually like counting, or are you just kind of eating? I'm just eating yeah. now. But I'm that's probably now. what you're at, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Right. So, but um. Second, like I'll do something like for a second meal, I'll do like my go-to is nachos. Mm. I love nachos. Yeah. Or or like uh you know, and I'll do like rice and beans. Yeah. What's your cheese? cheese. You give, give us the cheese you use. I do a cashew cheese. I usually make my own cashew nice. cheese. Yeah. And just like you know, cashews, nutritional yeast, yeah. onions, uh, onions, garlic, jalapenos, or you know, something like that. Yeah. I I, I hate that the first cheese most people. Uh, taste if they're trying to cut it's out cheese is dia. Yeah, it's the it's worst. Dia. Makes you we need to get dia. rid of dia. <laughs> like, yeah, it kills me. When they changed. They changed their salad. <clears throat> they came out with some really good salad dressings. Yeah, the cheese though it did kill me. I like it. I didn't like. I wasn't a huge fan of the cheese. Yeah, but I, don't, I don't like it. Yeah. Their dressings though they're coming out with some good ones. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we got nachos. We got nachos. Okay. So all right, and then I'll do like. Like some seitan and like, you know, I just I do grains and I do like, okay, so and then I'll do my fruit smoothies. I do those. Yeah. Um, and then banana and ice cream at nighttime yeah. for like when I want to like a fat yeah. snack that's not so fat. I'll do the banana and ice cream and I'll put like hemp seeds in there. 
Um, I do a lot of flax seeds. I do a lot of, I like to keep a lot of seeds in there because it's a lot of protein and a lot of fiber. And like a lot of people don't know a handful of like nuts is like equivalent to running four hours. So I like to do, Mm. put foods into my diet that work for me. So it's like residual income, you know, like these things are working for me Mm -hmm. instead of like, that's what, that's one of the things, tips I like to get for people who eat meat. It's like, it's, it's taken from you. You, you, you're going to the gym and then you keep going, and you're wondering why you're not gaining, why you're why you're not losing weight. It's because you're adding fat, animal fat, into your diet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonder yeah. why you can't break it down. Yeah. So. Yeah. Can you speak on a big thing for me, like just a guy that you know lifts a few times a week? Mm-hmm. Was recovery. Recovery. Like it was. Yeah. Like I had never experienced in my entire life, and so, I wish to God I knew about this. When I was playing sports, you know? It's amazing. That was one of the the biggest things for me was the recovery time because most of the time it takes you a while to recover because of the buildup of lactic acid or inflammation, you know, like, you know, but it's an anti-inflammatory diet. You don't have much lactic acid, you know, it it build up when you're doing this kind of plant-based diet. Like I never had, I never had, uh, like I was never really sore after workouts. I'm still never really sore Mm. after workouts. Mm. And I have energy. And um, afterwards, like, I could go work out, do a really hard workout, take a break. And I'm like, man, I have some more energy. I can go work out again. Yeah. And that's another thing, too, is that, like, when you're eating plant-based whole foods, it's exactly what you need. You know, it's not – it doesn't take as long for your body to break it down. It's easier for your body to digest these foods. And then, in turn, you get the nutrients and it goes to your muscles faster. All sorts of things like that, and uh, uh, but yeah, recovery time. If the when you eat certain things like, or when you do when you're doing a plant based diet, you tend to do certain things like your coconut waters and your hemp seeds and your uh, chia seeds and all of these things that add to your recovery mm. and make it easier for you to recover because. You know, that's just what they're designed to do by by nature. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. to take care of you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and it, it, yeah, it's just easier for your body to recover when you're when you're working with a cleaner engine. Mm-hmm. You know, it, so that's just how it is. Yeah. Yeah. You treat, your, totally. treat your body like a car. Totally. So, what would you say is the most misunderstood aspect of of vegan, of being vegan? Is that you'll be weak. Is that the, the, the most... One is that the food is not good. And that's just... You just haven't had the right person make it for you. Mm. Like if someone cooks you a bland piece of meat or a piece of meat and they don't know how to cook, it's not going to taste good. Like you got to have the right person cook for you. Like uh, plant-based foods are, are relatively new. Like the concept people don't... Some people, they just blank out and they're like cook but there's no meat i don't know what to make and they're like what do you what do you think is the meat is the only part of the food you can you know get creative so um but that that's one of them and it's like you know people think like well what, what can i eat am i supposed to just have lettuce and carrots and like balsamic yeah. vinegar it's yeah, like ice you know. cubes right yeah. ice cubes <laughs> right right you eat like a bird what are you supposed to how do you look like that that's how people tell me all the time how do you look like that off of just leaves like i don't just eat leaves like i have a great time. I eat everything. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, like yeah. And so, like, all the cultural, most cultural foods are, you know, like, you know, you can you have mad options. But, um, and another thing is, like, yeah, like, they, a lot of people think, like, you're weak or you're skinny, but it's, like, a lot of the triathletes, a lot of, like, Venus and Serena and Nate and Nick Diaz, mm. these are mixed martial arts fighters, uh, you know, mountain climbers. You got uh, you got Rich Roll. He's a five-time, you know, triathlete. Mm. He got back-to-back-to-back-to-back Ironmans, like literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> five, five Ironmans in five days. Did on you five read? islands. Yeah, right? on five yeah. islands. Like, come on, man. Like, <laughs> talk about recovery time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah give me a break. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So Nice, nice. So, uh, to somebody out there listening mm-hmm. that is resonating with, with what you're saying, wants to maybe take a step in the right direction for their health or, or they resonate with kind of the ethical side and they want to kind of align what they feel mm-hmm. is the right choice to their daily actions. What's like first step somebody can take tomorrow to go? Go plant-based? Yeah. 
to, to move in that direction. Convert your current menu is what I like to say. Take it easy. You know, don't just jump in there and and try to then you'll be overwhelmed. And don't mm. be, you know, convert your current menu. Like I started, I started with vegan nachos, vegan hamburgers, vegan pizza, vegan taquitos. And I lost, right, yeah. <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I lost 40 pounds yeah. in a month. You're like, not being like, su- you're not really going healthy, but, but you're, you're, you're making a step in the right direction. You're cutting out exactly. the really bad. Yeah, yeah, cutting out the worst, cutting out the dairy, cutting yeah. out the meat, cutting out the eggs, cheese, you know, cutting out, cutting that out, just making that, taking that step. But just tricking my taste buds is what I like to say. I'm smarter than my taste buds. Like I can put a cheese something like in there like you know there's so many alternatives out there right now as long as i had the crunch and the texture of like the the crunchy taco shells and taquitos like okay i'm good it still tastes bomb yeah yeah. like you know and i'm i'm sleeping better at night so there's a trade-off like it's not meat but i'm sleeping better at night or it's not meat but my tendonitis is going away it's not meat but i'm looking better you know so it's like you have to think you have to it's like, is it worth it for me to eat this meat? Is it does the meat taste that good for me to be like, oh, I don't care about my health, or mm. you know, like I don't care about, like, is it is that what kind of decision is that? What does that say about you that you're willing to jeopardize that you're willing to sacrifice your health for the taste of a piece of meat? Mm. Yeah, I like that. Convert your menu. All right. I like that. Yeah. So. um What's next for you, man? So uh, you not in the NFL as of two years ago, three years ago? Yeah, like three yeah. years ago. I do public mm-hmm. speaking now. Yeah, I speak all over. I speak in like all universities, international yeah. conferences. I'm speaking at Harvard on March first. Um, yeah, nice. man. you're in Boston a lot lately. Then nice. Yeah, I know, right? I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm doing that. That's Harvard Law, and I'm excited about that. And then I'm doing a couple other things. I got some things in the works right now um, that are on the table, so I can't necessarily speak yeah, on yeah. it right. But all, <laughs> all kind of in in kind of the plant based vegan world. Yeah, all of it. All yeah. of it's in plant based vegan world. Yeah. So like I'm doing my music festival. That is um, that's I'm really excited about that and partnering with Summer Stage, which is in New York City and City Parks and the city of New York. And doing plant-based vegan events across across the entire city, so we're going to take you know really have a presence there in summer in New York City. Mm. So a plant-based presence. Mm. Um, so yeah, excited about that and a few other projects like documentaries stuff. Yeah. So good cool. stuff. Cool, nice man. I, I got a couple more for you. We're getting close to an hour, and I know you you want to get some dinner too. Yeah, I'm, uh. <laughs> I'm really hungry right now. <laughs> um, uh, what is to throw you a curveball here? What's one thing we haven't talked about uh, on the episode here that uh, maybe not a lot of people know about you that you'd want to share? I'm still having trouble turning my family plant base. Man, they just don't want to listen to me, man. No, when they do now, it's like, oh, you're speaking at Harvard. Oh, shoot, maybe there's something that what he's talking about. Yeah. No, but um. Uh, my mom has tried it. My brother, he's like, I'm cleaning my diet up, bro. I'm cleaning it up. But um, Well, well, well. In, in my experience, right? So you watch Forks Over Knives, right? Mm-hmm. Your girlfriend at the time was vegan, right? Mm-hmm. It, with family, it seems like to me, somebody else has got to tell them, right? right. They got to find out from somebody else. Right. Right? They'll, they'll look at you and say, you're fucking crazy, dude. Right. But if they hear it from somebody else and then you're like, I've been saying that for three years, dude. Right. I but but they like hear it from you know somebody what? else. As long as you guys went, I don't give a damn. Y'all do it. Just, yeah. just go. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, family's tough. Family yeah. is tough. But uh, I'm sure they've definitely... Like done some smaller things, right? Like maybe maybe kick the milk and go with almond milk or something yeah, like that. Yeah, they you know? did that. They yeah. did that, and my dad was like, "Yeah, I'm drinking <clears throat> almond milk now, and I'm drinking. I'm doing less stuff." You know, he's a bodybuilder. He's big. Yeah. He's like, you know, like, told me to do egg whites. I'm like, man, are you serious? Yeah. Like, that's the worst. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm always spouting out, like, not like, come on, dad, like, what are you doing? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah um, and, and and when it, the the other tough part is that's. Probably when I'm most vocal is around my family because it's family and you can tell it Let's like see, it is. And, right. and at the same time, like, like I, I want my parents around for my grandkids. I want my siblings around for, you know, right. my kids. You know what I mean? Like, you just want your family to have that knowledge and be able to 
you know, have their health in order, you know, for selfishly for your benefit, but also because you want the best for them and, and everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. I got one more for you. All right. Uh, so this podcast is called Eat Green, Make Green. Mm-hmm. I believe that a plant-based diet, living a vegan lifestyle puts me in the best position to, to succeed at whatever it is I do in my life. And the, the make green portion of that is kind of how I define whatever my goal is at any particular time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would ask you, what, what does make green mean to you? Why do you, at the end of the day, live a plant-based vegan lifestyle? I live a plant-based vegan lifestyle because, to be honest with you, bro, I truly believe that plant-based lifestyle is what's going to change the status quo of our world, like our mm-hmm. everything, you know, because it, it's it's for my it's bigger than my personal health. It's for the health of the of the community. It's for the health of the world. It's for the health of the animals. It's for health of everybody, you know. It's the best in my you know. It's the the most progressive way for us to live hmm. So. Hmm. thanks man yeah before we sign off i just want to again thank you for like you're a massive inspiration to to people especially you know in, in the vegan community and out that are looking to you know get their health in order and stuff so uh yeah massive inspiration so thanks for what you do Thank you, bro. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for letting me be on your show, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those yeah. are dope. Good questions. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks. Appreciate it. For those that are interested in adopting a plant-based lifestyle, you're in luck. That's what I do. I work with men and women all over the world to adopt this lifestyle, to heal inflammation, to get off their medications and treat their health at the source, which is with diet and lifestyle. My program called Seven Weeks for the Rest of Your Life is designed to teach you exactly how to transition into a healthier lifestyle. And I give you all the tools, all the resources, everything you need to adopt this lifestyle and apply it to your life for years to come. For more information on my course, pop over to eatgreenmakegreen.com slash coaching. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Have a great week. <music>